Warning! This episode contains foul language and discussions about child abuse, assault, pedophilia, and religion. We might push a few buttons. for all things strange and unusual, delinquent and dangerous, vengeful and righteous, and sometimes just straight up sinister. Each week we get together to chat about something weird, and of course, this week was no exception. This is part two of our Totally Defendable Criminals episode, and this week we're getting a little bit darker. I know, I know, how much darker than drug lords and sick babies can we get? Well... Lauren is involved, so guess. (laughs) This week, Lauren, myself, and returning guest Trevin from the podcast Seriously Sinister are covering even more, quote, bad guys who commit crimes that make you question your own morality. Were they wrong? Should they be punished? Should we criticize someone just for being really good at crime? This week, we attempt to answer those questions and more. My name is Ashley, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lauren. And don't forget to check out Seriously Sinister, a true petty crime podcast with our guest host, Trevin, when you need a true crime fix without the lingering sad vibes. I did want to take a quick second to give a shout out to some more recent patrons of the show. So hello and welcome to the Weirdo Club to Estefania Rodriguez, Madison Guy, Nadia White, and Gillian Gardina. We've got a ton of estrogen flooding our Patreon right now, and we are into it. Thank you all so much for donating some of your hard-earned cash to keeping this show going. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. If you are interested in helping us produce this show and ensuring we get episodes released weekly, head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. There you will find links to donate as little as one single dollar a month to go towards Keep It Weird. We offer perks as well that include shoutouts on the show, discounts on merchandise, a monthly newsletter full of even more weird stuff, and two full-length bonus episodes every month from the whole team. Myself, Lauren, Julia, Amy, and Handsome Joe. We love creating content for you and we love hearing from you. So even if you don't have the money to donate to our show, tell your friends about us. Uh, Leave us a nice review on iTunes. Follow us on social media and like our posts. Post about our show on your Twitters and Reddit accounts and Facebook pages. There are a ton of ways you can help an indie show like us, and they don't all come with a price tag attached. Now, there's something else I need your help with, and don't fast forward. This is fun and not finance related. We have two great episodes coming up. One is a listener ghost story. So if you have a ghost story you're holding on to, send it in. Email it to keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line ghost story. And two, we're doing another Ask a Weirdo. So send in any question you want. 
uh, some fun examples. You can ask us our sun signs, moon signs, and rising signs and what the heck that means. You can ask us what our favorite Halloween was. You can ask us what we're reading right now. You can ask us to do a tarot card reading. You can ask us about the creepiest person we've ever known. You can ask us about the first true crime story we can remember being obsessed with. You can even ask us our thoughts on specific cases, like who do we think killed John Bonet Ramsey, her brother, or do we think an owl knocked Kathleen Peterson down the stairs? Spoiler alert, no. No, we do not. Send us your question or questions to keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com or submit them via our Instagram at keepitweirdcast. Okay, okay, okay. You want true crime? You got it. Have fun. All right, Lauren. What do you have for us today? <laughs> I love how <laughs> it's not even like, Lauren, what do you have? It's like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Ashley is already exhausted <laughs> Give by it me to because me. she knows I brought something dark. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I Nobody is surprised. I went a tad darker for this episode. Trevin, I'm so sorry. You do such a wonderful comedy podcast, but welcome to Lauren's Dark Corner. It happens a lot. And here we are. Um, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> but this man's story is extremely controversial, and I think it opens the door to a good discussion as far as, you know, these crimes that question our morality and what we are willing to forgive and root for. So we, as usual, mm -hmm. will have a warning at the beginning of our episode, but I also wanted to just add an additional little trigger warning. This story does involve the subject of child abuse. I am not going into graphic detail. Do not worry about that, but there is mention of it. Okay, here so, we go. Jason, uh, Jason Vukovic is his name. Um, he is called the Alaskan Avenger. Okay, so I've heard of him. I am going to go back to the beginning of his story, but I will not. This is not going to be a full life story. Don't worry, but I do have to backtrack a little bit to get kind of the scope of this whole picture. Jason Vukovic was born in Anchorage, Alaska on June 25th, 1975 to a single mother and was later adopted by his mother's new husband named Larry Lee Fulton. But instead of a caring guardian, a, you know, oh involved, generous father, he was given a piece of shit. He, uh, Fulton became Jason Vukovic's abuser pretty much instantly and made his life a living hell. Both of the parents were dedicated Christians and had the family in every church service available two to three times a week per church. Like they were in church multiple times a day, mm -hmm. just so, 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 so religious. And Vukovic was later quoted as saying in the Anchorage Daily News, he said, so you can imagine the horror and confusion I experienced when this man who adopted me began using late night prayer sessions to molest me. He yeah. was very confused. He was very Ugh. sad. It's like he had, you know, this exterior, we love church, we love the Lord, all of this. And that's what was going on behind closed doors. So in addition to sexual abuse, Fulton was using violence against Vukovic. He beat the child with pieces of wood and leather belts. And the abuse was happening to both Jason and his brother throughout their childhood. And it makes you wonder, like, fucking was, sorry. No. Did... <laughs> Do people like that? Do people like his father 
really believe in what they're doing, like really like they go to church and they really believe in God and they really believe in forgiveness and they really believe in the the whole spiel. And then they do this or is it just a front? I always wonder that too. Oh, that is the ultimate question. And what's worse? <laughs> yeah. Again, a, a really good question. And I wonder that every single time when you hear about these horrible, heinous acts that happen by people of the church and, you know, like dedicated clergy members, priests, bishop, like any of it, anybody who's involved, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, was this just a front? Are you truly a liar who enjoyed violence behind the scenes? Or did you think you were on some sort of it? mission yeah. for God? And this was your answer. It is. It's fascinating. But yeah and even even the people that just do it to make like a bunch of money or the people that profit off of yeah. people it's like are you doing this as like a business front or do you really like not really have the self-awareness of yourself and you're just like making the money and thinking the lord just wants you to yeah. be rich yeah that i always think that about like joel olstein and oh, stuff yeah. where it's like do you are you a con man or, or or do you actually go to bed at night and go like god wants me to have all this stuff right like, I don't know. You're, are you and it's not like he'd, he'd say. Yeah. <laughs> you won't admit it. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's yeah. frustrating. It's hella convenient for you, though. Super convenient either right. way. Yeah. You're you're really yeah. killing it. Um. Yes. It's awful. All right. Tell me more about this Ugh. son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. So the father was <laughs> the father was at one point charged with second degree abuse of a minor in 1989. Oh. But... But, 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 huge but, he served no prison time. And according to Jason Vukovic, no one ever even came to check on the family afterwards. <laughs> they were just like, mm -hmm. here's your charge, slap he on the wrist. He learned his lesson. Yeah, he was punished. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Complete garbage sent back to the home. So the abuse continued until Vukovic was 16 years old, at which point he and his brother finally escaped and ran away. Still underage, Jason Vukovic moved to Washington State. He had no ID, no money to his name, 16-year-old kid, so he turned to thievery to survive and became quite well-known with the local cops. He was doing whatever he could, sleeping wherever he could, like, just trying to make it through. So he he collected quite a, quite a rap sheet over in Washington, and Vukovic has later admitted that his descent into this crime came from... I mean, first of all, just survival and trying to run away from that. Yeah, but need. Also, the, the self-hatred mm -hmm. he had that started during his childhood abuse, he thought of himself as completely useless to the world and that basically he was a throwaway person. So what did anything matter anymore? So he is like completely mentally, emotionally destroyed at this point, which is it's just so sad. That is why any... Any child who experiences abuse, you're just like, I really hope you can find your way out through therapy and rehabilitation. And some people do. And it's wonderful. But you just, yeah, you feel for these people. It's, I can't even imagine it. So he's just living this life of crime, trying to survive. So at least he's so happy that he is away from this horrible man. Vukovic gets a criminal record that spans across Washington and Oregon to Idaho, Montana, and California. He's just kind of moving along, going wherever he can, escaping authorities at any moment, just, again, surviving. And then around 2008, he does finally move back to Alaska. It's back in the hometown. And there, it just continues. He racks up a number of criminal charges, including 
theft, possession of a controlled substance, and the assault of his then-wife, which Vukovic denies ever happened. And I only throw that in to say that most of his crimes did not directly hurt someone in his life that he like generally cared about now i'm going to get to slightly more violent things in a little but uh, like that would be a conversation yes (laughs) two people that he cared about in his life that wasn't common so i did think that point was interesting that his wife came forward and said she was assaulted and abused but he still to this day denies it ever happened and it is the only crime that he still is denying to this day so that's just an interesting thing he's Hmm. admitted to everything else but so then, to note. in 2016, Vukovic's untreated childhood trauma, unfortunately, came to a boiling point. Not a huge surprise. And he realized it was time to go beyond the small crimes and he needed to do something bigger, something meaningful. So he began to read through the sex offender registry of Alaska and decided he was going to get his own brand of justice. So in... Okay. I'm in. I'm in so far. In June 2016, Jason Vukovic sought out three men who were listed in the Alaskan Sex Offender Registry for crimes related to children. He had a notebook filled with the names and addresses of sex offenders that he had found on the public index, and Vukovic targeted the homes of Charles Albee, Andre Barbosa, and Wesley Demarest from his list. These men had caught his eye as being the most disgusting, most disturbing of the men on the list. Again, I'm not going to go into why, but he he pinned them. So Vukovic knocked on Charles Albee's door first on the morning of June 24th, 2016. He pushed the 68-year-old inside of his home immediately when he opened the door, ordered him to sit on his bed, and Vukovic slapped Albie across the face several times as hard as he could and told him he had found his address and that he knew exactly what he had done. Then Vukovic just kind of like shoved him, left him, robbed him of a few you know, expensive items and left. Mm -hmm. So this was a smaller one. It was sort of like a warm up to see how it felt, but he wanted to go push this guy around. Then two days later, Vukovic uses the same method to enter Andre Barboba's home, Barbosa's home, sorry. This time, however, he appeared at 4 a.m. and brought two female accomplices. He had some friends who wanted to come along. So Vukovic threatened the 25-year-old registered pedophile, with a hammer and told him again to sit down on the bed to listen to him and he punched him in the face repeatedly before warning him that he had the ability to bash his dome in he did not he just threatened him robbed him um one of the women was filming the entire thing and on the film that later came out in the police report he was saying i'm here to collect what you owe barbosa is what he kept saying over and over. So one of the women was filming, and then Vukovic and the other woman started collecting everything around his house, including the man's truck sitting in his driveway, and they drove off. Then, the third and final time Vukovic went after one of his targets, this was when he escalated the violence just a bit. This was his darkest moment Wesley Demarest was the last one. He woke up hearing somebody knocking and trying to break into his home at around 1 a.m., just a few days after the last one. Yet again, Vukovic knocked on the door, forced himself inside, tried to push Demarest around, said, lay on your bed. Demarest said no. This was the first time he was fought against. Then he told him, okay, get down on your knees. Listen to me. To which Demarest also said, no, I will not. Then Vukovic said, 
I am an avenging angel. I'm going to mete out justice for the people you have hurt. And he hit Demarest in the face with his fist, followed by the hammer as hard as he could, knocking oh. him to the floor. Um, Vukovic then, while he was unconscious, he stole an assortment of items, including a laptop, and then fled the scene. And later, waking up in his own blood, Demarest called the police, and it didn't take long for authorities to find their suspect, as Vukovic was sitting, like, a block away in his Honda Civic with the hammer, the stolen goods, and the notebook containing the names mm. of the three victims. So he was found pretty much instantly. He was arrested on the spot and later charged with 18 counts of assault, robbery, burglary, and theft. He initially, this surprised me, pled not guilty because he usually owned up to what he had done, but he opted to make a deal with the prosecution instead. He pled guilty to first-degree attempted assault and a consolidated count of first-degree robbery. So in exchange, prosecutors dismissed over a dozen additional charges. Wow. Like this guy, again, had had a large list at this point. And right. so this led to his, his final sentence in 2018 of 28 years in prison with five years suspended and then another five on probation. So he was he was serving his time in prison. And at one point he wrote a letter to the Anchorage Daily News where he clarified on his motivations and his regrets, which everybody was wanting to hear because there was this weird controversial thing of people kind of cheering for him and wanting to hear like what yeah, was going on kind of being like yeah do we really need to charge this guy exactly with anything <laughs> yes so one little memorable segment that i wanted to read from the letter that he wrote to the anchorage daily news says I thought back to my experience as a child, and I took matters into my own hands. I assaulted three pedophiles. If you have already lost your youth, like me, due to a child abuser, please do not throw away your present and your future by committing acts of violence. So you're hearing that he is like, he's saying why he did it and like the anger that was coming out because of his own abuse. But he is repenting for what he did saying like, I, okay, I took it too far. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have hurt these people, which I found. Well, the cool thing about being in in, in prison, in prison is that you'll get mental health help. Yes. You will get counseling and you will, you, you actually might have a chance at rehabilitation. Totally. Whereas when you're a 16 year old kid living on the streets and the cops are just interested in arresting you for petty theft mm -hmm. and not, no one's actually stopping to like help you. Right. And, you know, you can make the argument that like, oh, you know, these are convicted pedophiles. These So they have been charged with a crime and they've served their time. But to him, you know, he lived with a, con a convicted pedophile, someone who was charged yep. and got no punishment. Right. And honestly, his life probably got 10 times worse in the home because the reason he was charged is probably because it was reported. Exactly. I guarantee his life got worse after he oh, his a, father a thousand or percent. stepfather adopted father was charged. Yep. And uh yeah, it's really hard to tell someone like that who been, who went through what they went through that these guys got what was coming to them before he got there. Right. Cuz honestly, if you think like, oh, tip for tat uh, it's not tit for tat, actually, because, you know, if it was tit for tat, they would have been raped repeatedly. Yep. And, uh, you know, 
held captive essentially for years of their life yeah. and uh, tortured psychologically. Seriously. It's not tit for tat. You got smacked in the face. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I know. It's, oh gosh, it's, I just, I cannot imagine what Jason was going through, Jason Vokovich. It's like I, to get in the head of that man who was so tortured, you know, abused emotionally, physically, sexually, in like every way, shape, or form, of course you have that anger. And honestly, the fact that he able he was able to go through a little bit of therapy, a little bit of counseling, and write this letter being so self-aware, I think is kind of amazing in a way. It doesn't mean that he's still not tortured and he, you know, he is going through a lot and I don't know if he needs to be immediately released. I don't know what the right judgment is. I am not the one who should be making that decision, but I I can just appreciate that he's like, listen, I should not have hurt these people. Violence wasn't the answer, but it's all that my brain could come up with in this moment because I cannot believe yeah. this evil exists and I went through it and I want these people to pay all of it. All of what you just said, Ashley, where it's just like... Oh, I can't, I can't fault you after you went through that. You're just, you're trying to avenge. Again, his nickname became the Alaskan Avenger. He wanted to avenge his childhood, avenge all of the people who lost their voice, avenge everyone. It's, yeah. It's, the children who were abused by these men, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, the children who were abused, possibly yeah. ruined for the rest of their life from what they experienced. So it's... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a real it's a real Dexter situation. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It is a total Dexter situation. Man, yeah, you shouldn't kill. You but... shouldn't be a murderer, but like <laughs> you're taking these people out that we but... don't enjoy. <laughs> like, are you making the world a better place? <laughs> you kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. I don't know. I know. Okay. It's hard to say. I do like that he did his research and made sure they were like pedophiles. Yeah. Oh, yes. When you first said sex offenders, I was like, oh no, I hope it's not like people who got arrested for streaking or yes, something. Yes, or peeing yeah, on the street. Peeing in a clear. public area. <laughs> I always think of the people who get caught yeah. peeing in public, yeah, where it's like you get put on the sex offender list in some occasions and it's like they were just drunk and taking a whiz. Well, and also, you know, when I was 16, I had a boyfriend who was 19. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have easily ended up on a sex offender registry, and it wouldn't have been fair. Right. I mean, you know, as an adult looking back, like, should I have been dating a 19-year-old? No. But I, I was know not... Yeah, I was not... Uh, I was danger. not being... I was not in danger. I was not being abused. Yes. You know what I mean? But and because like, of the age So, difference. yeah, to research it, a lot of the times on sex offender registries, they will say you know crimes against a child they'll yes. specify oh yeah i have looked up the sex offender registry in my area i have been that person and it will say Ooh, the that's crime dangerous. which i it is i know it was good and bad luckily in our area not luckily there are very there are very few there's a couple in our area but mm -hmm. their crimes were kind of what we were just talking about there was some like things happening in public there was like age difference things like it does it gets pretty specific more specific than i thought it's not like it's telling their entire story but it felt like i was able to see okay i still don't want to go near you to be safe but i can see that you were not a pedophile whereas yeah it'll say yeah. that it was something involved with a child on other websites so we didn't have any of that in our neighborhood but as you said, he put in the work. He found the people who had sexually abused children, and he was like, not on my watch. Let's go. So I can appreciate that as well. But 
to continue on, I'm at the I'm at the end, I promise. Um, Vukovic appealed his sentence on the grounds that his PTSD should be considered a mitigating factor in his case, but he lost the bid. I know, I agree too, but he lost the bid in October 2020, despite his hero status among some Alaskans, a lot of Alaskans actually, the judge ruled that uh, being a vigilante just cannot be the exception in our society. It's like, we all want to be on his side and root for him, but like, you just can't. That's not how the system works was essentially what happened. And I mean, that is fair. It's kind of what we've been talking about throughout the series. You have to do what you have to do. There are rules in place. We can't just let a crime go. I mean, he did break, break into these homes and assault people, but that is the controversy at hand, of course. Yeah. And and also as the judge, you have to think like, okay, if I do appeal this, is that going to give the message to some other people who have felt like going out and beating the shit out of their neighbor mm-hmm. that they can do it and then they can blame their PT? You know what I mean? Like, it's, totally. I get it. If you give the okay. What is frustrating, though, is they say, oh, we can't help out a vigilante, but I bet if he was rich, it'd be a little different. Ooh. Oh, Trevin. Trevin with a hot fired. take. Aren't yeah. you speaking the truth? Yeah. You are not wrong. Yeah. You are not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong yep. at all, actually. Totally. This is a guy who was not rich, as we have been talking about, and, and you know, has this criminal collared. past. No. You know, it's like he was, criminal no, no. past, like basically hitchhiking his way around. Of course, they're yeah. not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So that's a bummer. So is he still in jail? Sorry, finish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. Um, Vukovic's final victim, Wesley Demarest, as we um, mentioned before, has publicly expressed his relief that Vukovic is behind bars, saying, oh, of course, no surprise, he would prefer if Vukovic wasn't walking around while he is still alive. Shut up, whatever. Now 70 years old, Demarest struggles to form coherent sentences, and he has also lost his job in the wake of the traumatic brain injury he sustained from the hammer. That brief encounter destroyed his entire life, and this may be my hot take, but, like, I don't feel bad in the slightest that his life was ruined. I know you didn't tell us because we're not that kind of show, but, like, do you know what Demarest did? I didn't look it up because I was okay. nervous. I really struggle with things with children now. I've of told course. you this before. Yeah. So I like, I mean, I did before. We all think it's disgusting, but even in a new way, being a mom, I like, I can't even read about it now. I could barely read about that like Disneyland story with the child that we <laughs> almost covered, but didn't. It was like, I, I couldn't do it. So I couldn't read about it, but I know that Demarest was one of the worst in Jason Vukovic's opinion, so I can only imagine, and that's why I'm sort of just like, I am not that sad that your entire life was destroyed, and I don't know what else to say yeah. about that. But um, Vukovic's attorney, Ember Tilton, um, meanwhile, shares the view of thousands who have pledged their support for his client, Jason Vukovic, on several online petition sites pleading for his release because to them, to the attorney and to all of these people, the cycle of violence and trauma is unlikely to end by keeping victims turned criminals in jail. And Tilton, the attorney, also believes that Vukovic has been punished enough by what he has experienced through his life and the guilt and regret that he is feeling currently that is very obvious to everyone around him and through the letters he's written. Um... So it's like, I see, I totally see that side and people fighting for him and, you know, seeing him as a hero. And 
even Jason himself has, he's urging others who've been victims of childhood sexual abuse to seek their inner peace and reject vigilante justice. He speaks out against that. As I said, he is repenting for what he has done. But I just, I like some of his words continuing from the excerpt of the letter that he wrote that I talked about earlier. He says, I began my life sentence many, many years ago. It was handed down to me by an ignorant, hateful, poor substitute for a father. I now face losing most of the rest of my life due to a decision to lash out at people like him. To all those who have suffered like I have, love yourself and those around you. This is truly the only way forward. So I I like that. Set again, him I like free. the self-awareness. Set him set free. Him free. Set him yeah. free. Listen, set him free. I don't care. I know that. I mean, that was going to kind of be my question as I finished. Like, what are your feelings on Jason and his crimes? Because I I know I went dark. I know this is heavier, but where are you at? Like you said, I think he's been punished enough. He's had a hard enough life as it is. And you look at other cases of assault or rape or child molestation or whatever, and you look at the bullshit fucking sentences those people get. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just find it's 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 an imbalance. And I know our system is super imbalanced and I know that there's a lot of faults and you know you can't fix all of them. But honestly, yeah, you can. You really can. Like it's not that fucking hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me. It's not hard. It's not a hard decision. I understand the pressure the judge was under yeah, um to totally. make I that do not fault decision. The judge. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time like it's time. Like he needs to be I mean, that's what prison's for is rehabilitation. Exactly. And it seems like he's getting it. And I do think he could be released and like, keep him on parole. Keep your close eye on him. I I am totally a fan of that. Like you need to be checking in with him. He could, because of what he's been through, there could be an outburst at any time. You know, he needs to be going to regular therapy. He probably needs Mm -hmm. to be on medication, whatever. But I don't think he needs to be in prison like he has... He has served his time, or at least most of it, I think, if I'm doing the math correctly. And it's like he he's very self-aware. He knows what he has done is wrong and that he shouldn't have made these decisions. But at the same time, like he, for what he's been through, yes, he has been punished enough. I just feel like he could have done a lot worse to these guys. A lot worse. The fact that it didn't end in murder, I'm like, good control on you, sir. Because I, especially if he was reading about, like, horrific crimes done by these people, I I don't know how you have the control. Because, again, anytime I hear of somebody hurting a child, I'm like, I want to light your house on fire. I'm like, I, I, I think you deserve to live a life of hell if you're willing to do that to a child. So I think he showed restraint. To be honest, but that's just me. I think I think he did too, especially since in his past, his father or father figure, he was arrested. He probably doesn't have a whole lot of a belief in the system, like, system anyway. Mm-hmm. So it felt like something he had to do. So it's it's really good that he didn't just go trying to like, you know, mark people off his list. Totally. Yeah. I agree. And one other thing I was kind of thinking is when you share his words from that letter, he does seem pretty remorseful that I almost wonder if I know everybody else, like all the other people are like, hey, set him free and whatnot. But I wonder how much he really believes that he should be free. If he if he really realizes that what he did was wrong, I feel like he's like, you know, I'd like to leave. But if you tell me no, yeah, I probably deserve it, too. You know, I don't yes. think he's yeah. 
he's got that entitledness of saying I shouldn't be here. I 100% agree. That was why I made it important to say that it's like the attorney and the people signing these petitions are fighting for him to get out. But he is not like he's actually staying like kind of humble sitting in his cell saying like, hey, if you're like me, if you're reading this letter and you've experienced this, like, don't do what I did. It's not helping anybody. You think it's going to help you in some way and it doesn't. And you're just going to end up sitting in a prison cell when you could be fixing your life and moving forward. You know, it's like, love yourself, love those around you. That's how you move forward. I thought that was so good. Yeah. Well, there's that saying that hating someone is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. And unfortunately, I think it's the same when you are abused, where you have so much hate inside of you for your abuser. And you want so bad to take it out on them. But when it comes down to it, even the people who have, you know, been able to do that, whether it's killing them or beating them or whatever, they've all said, I didn't feel better afterwards. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. That pain and that hate was still there. It didn't take any of that away. I thought it would. I thought it was the answer. And it didn't. And I still have it because what needs to be healed is yourself. As much as you think that harm to the other person is going to bring that, it's all on you and fixing yourself. And it seems like he's doing that now. And I do still hope that there will be some kind of early release and, you know, some sort of chance for him. But I totally agree with you, Trevin. I think he has, like, accepted where he's at. And if he has to stay in prison, he's he's okay with that. He's at peace with that because he's like, I I did this. I, did I made that decision. Thing. I did a bad thing. It wasn't the right thing to do. Please don't follow my lead, but this is where I'm at. And I do think he's kind of accepted it. But man, I I do not have sympathy for pedophiles. That was why I picked that story is it's like I, I'm going to root for Jason as somebody who experienced it himself and went after these people because true monsters. I can't I can't understand them at all. So far, I'm three for three. Rooting for the criminal. Rooting for the criminal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It happens. Well, let's see if we can keep the streak going. (laughs) Trevin, you're up. And please lighten it up for us. We need it. (laughs) We need it. I will definitely lighten it up. This is one that is actually from one of my episodes. So (gasps) good. Promotion. It is in fact a petty crime. So I'm covering this. A story, and it was actually on my episode 28 titled A Parent's Guide to Butts and Misdemeanors. <laughs> Perfect. The other credit I have to give, sorry, really quick to Seriously Sinister, when we were shouting you out in our first part and, you know, talking about your sound quality, all of that, I... The mm-hmm. other thing to shout out is you always have amazing episode titles. Title game strong. you just... You need to be recognized for that. You do good you work. Do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like to be catching and and I love wordplay. Yes. So I'm going to start off with, I'm actually going to read a little bit of my story. Most of my stories, I start with a little bit of a monologue. Mm -hmm. And I I really want to kind of put you in the mindset of why I believe maybe this guy should let it slide. Perfect. As a parent, there is nothing more important than your child's happiness. True. No matter your social class or amount of money in your bank account, You will reach a time where you can't help but disappoint your child. Whether it be a sold-out toy around Christmas, (laughs) uh, concert tickets that are too expensive, 
or the fact that you can't bring their dead hamster back to life. <laughs> there are limitations in this world that will eventually play a part in your ability to give your child what they want. Amen. Yep, yep, yep. So it's hard out there for a parent. Mm-hmm. With the endless amount of advertisements pushed in your child's face, you're constantly navigating your way through a minefield of their desires. It's enough to make you want to keep your kid away from television or the outside world just to slow down their constant stream of wants. And not only that, but when your kid socializes with others, that opens up a whole new world of childhood product envy. Each time you pull your sad kid away from their friend's house, you begin to hate the other parents more because of the ways they spoil their child. So I'm going to tell the story of a man named Dustin Bushnell. A Dustin. Can I call Dusty. him Dusty? He sounds Dusty. like a Dusty. Dusty. Like a Dusty. Dusty bun. <laughs> Dusty bun. Like from Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, he's a 30-year-old man out of Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, Walla Walla. And uh, this was back in March of 2021, so fairly recent. Whoa, okay. All right, here for it. There was a string of catalytic converter thefts going around. Oh, motherfuckers. I've had yeah, mine stolen. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm so very it's, passionate. <laughs> it's an epidemic, I guess, up up in that area. Wow. Yeah, I had friends who were in Seattle who, oh, no, never mind. It wasn't a catalytic converter. She had her gas tank drilled into, which is, like, what? even worse because, oh, I guess you do take the gas. I was going to say it's even worse because, like, you didn't even get anything from it, you asshole. But I guess you got gas. Anyway. You stole the gas, yes. Now's the time to take the gas. Now's the Seriously. time to fucking take the gas. <laughs> uh, so he, they were actually investigating and had a lot of different places they were looking for these catalytic converters and uh they decided they some uh, somehow they got a lead i have no idea how to check out dustin's trailer okay so when searching around they looked in like his shed and they found a couple of disembodied catalytic converters oh dusty Mm, dusty they decided to look through his house to see if there were more well they went into his child's bedroom and they found a 400-pound slide <laughs> connected to their child's uh, bunk bed. Stop it. Okay. And so... <laughs> Where's it from? <laughs> there was actually a missing slide from the town's park oh. for the last, like, four months. They were looking for it. <laughs> the, the guy had actually pulled his truck up to it took a saw and cut it directly <laughs> off of the ladder of the yes, slide. Yes, he did. Yes, Set him free. He did. Set yeah, him free. I was like, yes. <laughs> he somehow got it into his small trailer and he actually, he painted it a different color thinking that was going to like make people <laughs> not it. think anything of it. Not yeah. think it was the big missing slide from the town. I mean. Yeah. Sure. And he, he actually like stuck it or attached it with whatever way to his child's bunk bed so every morning he can get up and go down the slide oh dad of the year seriously that's some blank check shit right there oh my god yes Yes, it is so he was arrested for the catalytic converter and also the slide Mm. (laughs) dang it i will say that he had his his punishment for the slide i know i do not know his punishment of the catalytic converters but he was sentenced to four days in jail and he had to pay a fine of $250. All right, that's fair. That is fair. And I can deal with that. I just think that we should let it slide. Uh, 
Trevin. Did he get now to keep the slide? No, the Parks and Rec the no. uh, department came and took it back and put it Leslie back in. Leslie, no, oh, you on. bitch. Yep. <laughs> like Ron Swanson <laughs> and Leslie need to let this one go. <laughs> Leslie but, would do it for her triplets, I'm just saying. There's nothing a father wouldn't do for his son. Yep. Right. It was he was just trying to be a good dad. That's the it's the conclusion. Like he yeah. was just being a dad and I support that. I get he the punishment he got was actually like that's pretty okay. fair, actually. You know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. I can get along with it. I am sad he didn't get to keep the slide, though. I can't lie. Like, I hoped that they would see the setup and be like, this is badass. This sir. is dope. And in the pictures, it's pretty nice. It looks really? pretty well done. It looks done. good. It doesn't look like yeah. he, something that he built in his The arresting trailer. detective actually took a picture on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course he did. Okay. I kind of love that, that he was like, let's have a little fun <laughs> We're taking these photos. I just feel like you know that the slide in the park needed an upgrade anyway. Like, take this opportunity mm-hmm. to put in a new slide. And also, pretty impressive that he was able to steal a slide. Very impressive. You know what and I mean? Like, like, I don't think I himself. could. Yeah. 400 pounds. D- 400 pounds. Did it say... Maybe you said this and I like blacked out because I was just in amazement. Did he do it in the night or in the day? Nobody knows. I think he did it in the night. I would it's just so impressive. Like yeah. middle of the night movement. I mean, I would assume too, but I didn't know if it was like after hours. No one's really at the park at like 4 p.m. That is amazing. <laughs> 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So is that f- five we've gone over now? Four? No, Four. five. Five. We're five for five. I've got a very short one, and pretty sure we're going to be six for six. So, Lauren, especially, you're going to get this one. Donald Chip Pugh. Excuse me? Oh, I know this one. We're going to call him Chip. In 2016, Chip failed to appear in court on a DUI charge, which, like, you know, don't drink and jive, okay? Chip's not perfect. Right. Also... It kind of looks like maybe he was suspected of arson and vandalism. So we get it. All right. Everyone has faults. He's done some things. We <laughs> all we, have skeletons. <laughs> we all have skeletons in our closet. We all have imperfections that we'd like to change. It's all but right, police Chip. officers of Lima, Ohio, shared his mugshot on their Facebook page to be like, hey, help us find this guy. He didn't show up to court. He's in big trouble. Well, Donald felt like they used a really bad picture. <laughs> fact, he was quoted he was quoted as saying man they just did me wrong they put a picture out that made me look like i was a thundercat or james brown on the run i can't have that so he texted the police a more flattering selfie saying here's a better photo that one is terrible i cannot i cannot <laughs> obviously this new photo was used and it helped police find and arrest him in Florida. But honestly, though, here's my thing. If I'm <laughs> wanted for a crime and you use a photo, like, let's just say you use a photo someone else took of me because, you know, no one can take a good photo of you except yourself. I yep, will absolutely you know turn myself in just to be like, I do not look like that. OK, I'm beautiful. Right. I'm looking up <laughs> his photos be right now because the I representation had to get it. of me. Oh man, His name's yes. Donald Chip 
pew. But in all seriousness, this guy was kind of a piece of shit. He'd been in trouble before for like domestic violence, breaking and entering, oh, disorderly oh, conduct. Like oh. we're not huge Donald stands, but in this case, I do think his actions with the mugshot are valid. Okay, so is the question, do we support Donald or do we support this photo being sent? Like, because I have different answers. Do we support answers. his actions in this particular case? Yes, yes, we support absolutely. the actions Listen. because, again, I have I have typed in, I am on Google, I am looking at it, that photo with the sunglasses and giving they? us, like, blue steel. <laughs> yes, you made him look like a fool in the first one. He doesn't look like that. Give him you the know, sunglasses. You know when, like, you and your friends take, like, 20 pictures and they post the one where you're like, what the am worst. I even doing? Yep, How yes. is, is my face smushed? Like, what did you do mm-hmm. to this photo? photo and immediately you're like we obviously aren't friends yeah they this don't this is yeah. an yeah. act of terrorism <laughs> you did that on purpose you did this on purpose i don't they know if it was jealous. to make yourself look good like this is cruel and unusual punishment and i yep. just feel like there are so many good pictures of me and i'm sure there are so many great pictures of donald chip pew and if he if i get in trouble and you post like one of my tagged photos i'm going to show up i'm not even going to text the police i'm gonna show up and be like are you kidding me mm-hmm. right now are you joking that's what you're gonna go with <laughs> i didn't look like that i you don't look like that <laughs> you're blasting yeah, this all totally over facebook with my name above it how could you no he looks real special in that first picture and the one that he submitted he looks real good the sunglasses mm-hmm. like it's giving top gun like we're here for it i Listen. I'm on his side on this one. I'm not on his, side, on his side for the um Other. egregious crimes he's committed, uh, including the DUI and possible assault. But yeah, how dare Trevin. I'm also on his. I'm on his side too. I actually did cover this in one of my episodes as well. Did you? Yes. I love that yeah. you had this on your episode. Were you kind of the same? Like, give him the good photo. So my my ending line for that story was. It may have cost him his dignity and a bit of intelligence that people believed he had, but at least he didn't go down in history books as an uggo. (laughs) (laughs) Uggo! (laughs) The term uggo is just perfect in every situation. (laughs) We did it. Six for six. I love that. Six for six. Support him in his actions. We really did. We found six people that we just... We can't agree with the punishments for their crimes. Can't do it. Also, I just have to give like one last plug where I totally agree with Donald Chip Pugh as a person. I did a test and now I like kind of want to post the photos for our listeners or I'll just text them to the two of you that we can just enjoy. But I was at a birthday party out in Joshua Tree last year where like the whole weekend was centered around like girls bring an outfit because we're going to do an epic desert photo shoot. And we were taking all these pictures. And as you guys know, after a group photo is taken, there's always somebody or a couple of people that gather around and are like, it's good. It's good. We're good. Nobody's blinking. Nobody's doing anything. We look beautiful. Let's go. So I Mm. turned to one of my friends who hates group photos as much as I do. And I was like, I'm going to make a horrid face. (laughs) And I want to see if we still get the it's perfect let's go post it to instagram oh you want to see if there's a judas in the group 
Exactly. So I crossed my eyeballs and I looked like an insane person. And when the phone was handed over to, it was the birthday girl. So like, I can't like fully blame her. She was looking at herself. Birthday girl's got to look good, but I can. She looked at it and she actually looked like she was taking her time with it. Like a couple seconds went by. It wasn't super brief. And she said, everyone looks amazing posting it immediately. And I, I didn't even say anything initially. I just turned to the friend that I had told, and we giggled about it. And then later in the night after she had posted it, I was like, will you we zoom take in? one more quick fucking look at this picture, please? I was like, will you zoom in on me? And then she, like, crumbled to the ground laughing when she saw it. And she was like, guilty. What I loved is she took ownership immediately. She was like, guilty. I didn't look at a fucking other soul except for myself because it's my birthday. <laughs> and I was like, I at least appreciate your honesty. She's like, I, it's my birthday. I looked at myself. I looked good and I was done. And I was like, okay, listen, you're a queen and you did look perfect. Good for you, but just wanted you to be caught in the act. And I, it was just one of my favorite moments I had to share. I love that. I could never do that with Amanda because she is a photographer. And anytime you take a picture, she's like, give me that. She takes the phone and then she just zooms in, zooms out, zooms in, zooms out into like every piece and part of the picture. Uh, It's like, yeah, that'll work. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why we love photographers, though. That's how it should be. Don't only look at one point. (laughs) I know. We love Mm -hmm. that. As your point person. Speaking of Amanda, I feel like we didn't get to say this in the first. So she is a new mama. Like you're a co-host also, to be clear. Trevin's co-host, Amanda. New mama. Yeah, she is. She. Uh, I just got done with my month-ish without her. And I had guest, uh, guest host the whole time. And it was a little... Uh, everything that you're used to with your co-host bouncing things off from each other, it's so... Much different trying to make that work with a different person every week. Yeah, I get that. I would have never guessed. Yeah, the dynamic changes and also like I just feel, you know, when Lauren and I do an episode, just the two of us, I can almost like I can almost feel when she's about to chime in. I can feel when it's it's weird. You do have a weird connection with them where you can almost like feel it before it even happens. And as mm-hmm. soon as you add another person or as soon as you do it with another person, you're like, oh, no, the feeling's gone. Right. And I'm, yes. I'm going changed. through this tunnel without a light. Like, I have I no know. flashlight. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> you really yeah. do come to know your partner. So I'm sure that was a challenge, but also so sweet that you did that while she took a little a little yeah. break to adjust. Oh, yeah. She needed it. And she was I was pushing her yeah, you know, I was running her ragged already while she was pregnant, trying to catch up. So she needed the break, and she had a little girl named Winnie, and oh, she's a cute sorry. little baby. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> sorry for my intense reaction. So cute. But yeah, she's sweet, and everything's good. And Amanda's back, and as she says, better than ever. Better, better than, than ever. ever. I yes, I listened to her first episode back, and it was like you guys had lost zero time, so that was very cute. But I bet she was ready, too. I remember when Lauren had to take off when uh, Wilder was born, and when she came back, she was like, thank God, I'm here. Like, I'm yeah, starting I to lose it. <laughs> you have to feel yeah, your humanity. Ready. I need yeah. to release. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. And thank you so much, Trevin, for joining us. It has been such a blast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have finally been on here. I know. It's been a long time coming. And uh, I'm I'm glad we, we got to do this fun 
two-part episode with you. I know you're going to come back because we had another idea for this episode. Yes. So eventually we're going to have to return with Trevin for another true crime. Maybe even you and Amanda. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Let's get four people on this call. We could do it. We could do it. We could totally make it work. Um, Make sure you guys check out Seriously Sinister, especially if you want to scratch your true crime itch without getting too sad. Trevin, do you have anything additional you'd like to plug? No, I mean, pretty much just listen to us. We're always looking for more people who want to spend uh, time with crime that's not so murdery and uh we're gonna be at the true crime podcast festival in dallas at the end of august if anybody wants to check that out yeah all of our texas listeners you should absolutely hit up the true crime festival i may be putting on a live comedy show there so there's that that's well, awesome. well well um and your instagram handle for the podcast is seriously sinister podcast super easy and do you have a personal instagram you want to plug as well or no uh trevin underscore fm perfect easy yeah yeah next week lauren and i have something a little different and very special for you but you'll just have to follow us on instagram at keep it weirdcast to find out what that is you should be following us this you should be following us there anyway because every week we have tarot tuesdays with busy b coven where we learn how to read tarot cards and witchy wednesdays with laura larue where we learn easy spells and ways to bring witchcraft into our everyday lives soon we'll be starting medium mondays where amy goldenberg will be sharing messages she receives from spirit with our listeners and teaching us ways to become more connected to spirit and our ancestors and our hidden psychic powers also please consider joining our patreon at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast you can get multiple bonus episodes every month discounts on merchandise shout outs on the show and a monthly newsletter full of the strange the unusual and the scary trevin what is our sign off this week uh, am I supposed to have one? <laughs> yeah. And well, that's we, we like the to exact question. Bring it on our guests to see what they can come up with in the heat of the moment. Some guests just make a sound. Some guests cry. Some <laughs> come up Same. with I, something brilliant. Yeah. I will say the only cold cases we crack are beers on our birthday. Oh okay. yes, amen, hallelujah. Some people just fucking nail it. Some people just know how to do a sign off and keep it weird. I know we we didn't do our boom that time, but I like the. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> you that liked the. Yeah, I I changed it because I thought you were gonna change it, and I was just hoping I hit the same thing. You said. <laughs> I was hoping we'd be twins again, but I think this time I just went okay. So that was really boring. <laughs>